The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. My name is Dave Alexander and for the next hour we're going to talk about making your home great or greater your house is already pretty good. We can, you know, we can talk to people, take it the next step. Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier is with us. Hi, Brock. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Brock took a week off last week because he did not have COVID, but he had the flu. And and you sound pretty good for a guy coming off a a, a bad cardiovascular kind of breathing thing. Yeah, coming off the mend. I thought it best not to come into the station last week and Thank you. potentially contaminate anything else. So Thank you. Thank you very I, I much. I apologize for not being there, but uh, I think next weekend I'll be I'll be in studio with you. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Brock. Also, Dale Nichols of Pipe Tech's Plumbing Technology. And Dale, how are you? Doing really good. Good. Good to hear from you. Enjoying it. Later on in the uh, in the hour, we're going to have. Uh, Keith Ramsey from Garden Supply Company, a, a rebroadcast of some advice he gave us uh, earlier uh, this month, uh, and we're just happy to have the both of you um, for the for the show today. Uh, Brock, let's talk about Triangle Radiant Barrier first. Uh, what is it you're finding people are calling you about now? Well, you know, it, it depends on the type of the year. Right now, we're fielding a lot of phone calls, people concerned with with installation. You know, moving into the spring and summer, uh, obviously we're having nice cool weather today and this weekend, but we all know what it's going to be like a few weeks from now once that uh, that heat starts rolling in. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of customers that are concerned with, with this upcoming summer and, and uh, spring and summer, and they're wanting to try to get their bills down a little bit lower than they were last year. So we're fielding a lot of different phone calls over different types of installation. My home is theoretically insulated. I say that. That way, because the upper floor is hot. Well, it's warm, but it's, I mean, it's warmer than it should be. I have a ridge vent, and I also have a fan that is supposed to, you know, blow air out. But I still notice that uh, that bonus room is awfully hot. Is there anything I can do, even though it, I know the insulation's there because I put it up there. Well, there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, one of the reasons we, we tell people it's best to have us come out and, and, and take a look at it, obviously there's no charge to have us come out to do an inspection, yeah. is every house is different. Uh, for example, I had a homeowner last week that uh, was having the same type of issues, uh, yeah. a lot of problems cooling off the top floor. And when I got up into his attic, he had nearly 16 inches of fluffy, blown-in insulation. The insulation was not the problem. He didn't have adequate attic ventilation. He had a hip roof uh, that had a ridge vent, but that was only about four feet long. And it just did not, uh, it really did not help get a a lot of that hot air out. So for his home, you know, we installed a, a solar attic fan to help mitigate some of that heat. And that seemed to have corrected the problem. Uh, so every home is different. Uh, that's always why we recommend having us come out and take a look at it so we can try to steer you in the right direction how to solve that problem without out really affecting your uh, pocketbook. Right. Dale Nichols from Pipe Techs. 
uh, Plumbing Technologies. You're located, uh, am I correct, in, in the Raleigh area, right, Dale? Yes, sir. Talk to, Raleigh. talk to me about what you're doing lately. Oh, well, um, we're seeing a lot of drain plop problems out there, a lot of clogged drains and clogged toilets and just um, those kind of things where, where, like we call it, barn uh, objects going down the line, going down the plumbing drain. You know, it's funny because, honestly, Dale, I, the more I think about your end of the, the company here, uh, you got water coming in. And then you got stuff coming out, and I've got a. I think I've got a an issue with that. Um, the multiple flush kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, Dale? Yeah, yeah I do. Where where things are not leaving the house the way they should. What causes that? Well, I think a multiple flush thing could be just isolated right to the toilet itself, where you know it probably needs to be rebuilt inside the tank itself. Uh huh. And, you know, maybe the proper flapper for that model toilet that needs to be in there or the flush valve assembly may need to be uh, replaced because you're not getting enough water in there and to rebuild back up and, and usually have to take two flushes because yeah. you didn't let it fill up the first time. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why objects get caught up because you don't let it fill up like you're supposed to. Um, a lot of times people just put in their own part in the toilet because it's Designed for you know one point six gallon or two or you know one point two eight is what we got sometimes so got to be aware of that but um, there are some toilets you just have to flush twice and I think that's just because uh, you know if there's debris in them or um, you know sediment building to the uh, in the portholes that go around so those are the kind of issues that you just got to look at you know, on an individual basis. Dale, what about? Um Piping outside the home, the the uh, the, the issue of drainage. What causes uh, bla- block ups there? Blockages. Well, blockages. Usually, you know, the toilet's usually the lowest picture to the floor and the tubs. So yeah. If you uh, have a problem with the main sewer line going outside, it could be problems. You know, could do be two roots or um, or it could be a break or offset. Usually, sometimes there's a clean out that's got hit by you know. Uh, landscaping equipment or just things happen all the time and so if you see a clean out outside um and it's running over that's usually a problem with the sanitary sewer line what's what's a clean out what does it look like on my property clean out is like a is a little is a plug we twist off and on to access it to actually run um a piece of uh, um a rotor rooter equipment through it yeah or auger electric auger is it a plastic piece of PVC sticking up out of my yard? Yeah, that usually there's a PVC plug. It's usually white. Got oh, no. Overhead on it. Yep. Dale, I've knocked those clean off. I, I've mowed my lawn enough that I've knocked those clean off. Should I should I call somebody about that, or is it all right yeah, left I the way it is? Should, uh, I think you should get it fixed. Uh, you know, <laughs> the objects could fall in that and cause it to clog up, and it could be pretty deep where the pipe runs horizontally in the ground, so... Um, there's, you know, you should get it plugged up. And a lot of times people just neglect it or, you know, tape it or whatever. And, um, um, eventually roots grows in it, especially if it's broke or jarred or something like that. We actually put a lawnmower wheel on there. It just, there it go. fit, it fit pretty good. You know, it prevents, yeah, yeah. it prevents trouble. I saw a jar can that are on top of them. A, w- a what? A jar can. Oh, no kidding. Except it's 
Yeah, a big old coffee can jar. Turn it over and set it on top. Well, I fixed it. <laughs> That's one of those things where I just turned to my wife and said, Honey, I fixed it. It's it's not a problem anymore. You're hearing from Dale Nichols of over there and pull them off and throw stuff in them. So yeah, yeah. All right, we're we're hearing from Dale Nichols of Pipetex Plumbing, uh, Pipetex Plumbing Technologies, and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Later on, we're going to talk with uh, Keith Ramsey, Garden Supply Company. By the way, might as well talk about next week. Brian Finch of Finch Painting is going to be in, and Brock, we're going to quiz him about popcorn ceilings. Now, I'm excited about that. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> yes, so am I, because I've got popcorn ceilings all through my house. Yeah, there's a couple of ceilings uh, myself that I would like to get that taken care of, and I would love to learn more about it. I didn't know that it was a negative until somebody started talking to me about the show, that apparently people now are removing their popcorn ceilings. We did that in one room of the house, and I'm telling you right now, we're not doing it again. But we might have Brian do it. Uh, We'll talk more with Brock and Dale in just a moment. This is Making Your Home Great. Tune us in Saturdays at 2 every Saturday, every weekend. And call us now at 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Making your home great, Saturdays at 2 on WPTF. You can, uh, of course, check us out at WPTF.com slash podcasts for previous broadcasts. But enjoy today's broadcast and participate, please. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier and Dale Nichols of Pipetex. On the line, we've got a a caller who's going to, we're going to get them on in just a moment. Brock, I just heard your commercial and it promised some... uh, some temperature or some uh, heating bill uh, remediation. What, what can I? Uh, what can I do to reduce my heating bill this summer? Oh, that's a or air conditioning bill. Yeah, please. Yeah, there's 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 a lot that we can do to really impact the utility usage. Um, we we carry many different types of insulations from open and closed cell foams, uh, radiant barriers, obviously, yeah, uh, to standard blown in and batted insulation. And depending on how it's installed, uh, can make a very big impact on your your overall utility cost. The radiant barrier looks a lot like tinfoil. <laughs> it does look a lot like tinfoil. Is it? Is it now, is that for an unfinished room? You'd go put that up, and then maybe somebody come by and do, do drywall? Is that what you're talking uh, about? Actually, uh, we are able to use it that way. We do a lot of new home construction. Yeah. Uh, obviously, when you're doing new home construction, you want to make sure everything passes code requirement. Yeah. Uh, so a radiant barrier is an outstanding installation upgrade to the existing batted insulation you're putting in the walls per code. So, right. yes. We are able to cover the walls with the radiant barrier and drywall right on top of it. So it, it'll be actually implemented in the walls of the home. Very good. Jim in Raleigh, you are on with Dale Nichols of Pipetex Plumbing and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you today? We're doing good. What's up? Good. I, uh, I really enjoy the show. appreciate you taking my call. And I was just curious, um, you know, when I go up and look at my attic, I've got a decent amount of insulation uh, on my floor, attic floor. I don't have anything up in my rafters at all. And I was wondering, I mean, can you insulate up there? And 
You know, so is it is it better to improve what's on the floor or to try to insulate up in the rafters or just what would work better to help bring down my utility costs? Oh, that's a great question. Um, when I when I come out to do estimates uh, for our customers, I normally start off the estimate by trying to address their concern. I, I base the direction uh, uh, where we guide that estimate to, to hopefully achieve what they're trying to to get fixed. So if, if I get out to a homeowner's house and I ask them, are you having issues in the winter, the summer, or both? Uh, and depending on, on how they respond to that, that kind of tells me what direction we need to go uh, to, to address that problem. So to answer your question, yes, you can insulate the rafters of your attic. Uh, there's three different ways of doing that. Standard batted insulation, uh, radiant barrier insulation, or uh, an open cell foam. When you insulate the rafters of your attic, what you're doing is you're drastically cooling off the temperature of the attic. So if your air handling unit or your ductwork, for example, happens to be running through your attic space, those customers typically see higher saving by insulating the rafters of their attic than they would insulating the floor. Now, if you have a ranch home, for example, and your air handling unit, your ductwork is down in the crawl space, it's not really impacted by the attic temperature. So cooling off the attic might not necessarily uh, be what we should go for, and at that point, I would recommend insulating the floor of the attic. Uh, so there's a bunch of different ways to insulate, uh, and that's, again, why we recommend having a, a professional come out to inspect the property. They're going to ask you a lot of questions and try to guide you in the right direction to uh, to get a handle on what it is you're trying to fix. All right. Thank you, Jim, for calling. You're listening to Making Your Home Great, Saturdays at 2 on WPTF. And, of course, we're on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Um, and I want to throw this over to uh, Dale from Pipetex Plumbing. Dale, what is the, um, what's the emergency services uh, that you perform that uh, Pipetex does? Well, usually the, the clogged sewers, we feel like that's an emergency. You know? I think so, yeah. We can't use your plumbing. Uh, we, we also think that broken water lines, you know, that are in the wall and that need to be re- repaired or damaged and can cause, you know, more re- more damage to the home. And, and um, so broken water lines. I also feel like, you know, um, one of the new ones, I think, is uh, no hot water. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, people are thinking, you know, it's important to get hot water. So. Is there any way I can make that tank last longer? Because everybody <laughs> well, I fact, know has had it blown out and, you know, thrown water all over. Well, you can, you know, uh, flush it out once a year. And there are kind of, there are uh, types of... Um, filters to put on the water heater to make it last longer. There's a lot of products out there that extend the life on the water heater. Right. You have to go through a special uh, filter type system. But um, uh, based on the hard water and based on things like that, makes the, uh, it gives the, determines the lifetime of that water heater. But, uh, How about those systems that... It out once a year. <laughs> yeah. How about those systems that delivered hot water immediately and forever? Well, they, they're a tankless water heater works real good, and yeah. um, that's it's a great system. It only comes on when you need it. Right. Um, yeah, those are really good, and they last a long time. But 
like that gets right back to another product we have to put on sometimes because hard water we usually put uh, um, a filter on those too. So, yeah, uh, you, that's the number one thing to make the water heater last longer. We've got Skip in Raleigh. Hey, Skip, thanks a lot for calling us. And what's uh, what's your uh, question, either for Dale Nichols of Pipe Tex Plumbing or Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, good question for Dale. By the way, um, you know, as a homeowner, <clears throat> when I ever touch plumbing, it becomes an irrigation system. <laughs> so um, I, I just... Uh, I, so, <clears throat> Mr. Nichols, um, I've got a house... Um, that is um, 80 feet long. It's a, a one-story house, a ranch-style house, 80 feet long. So the water heater in the garage, <clears throat> when the house was built, we put a little stubby electric heater under the far end of the house so we weren't dragging hot water 80 feet to get to our bathrooms. Uh, we since have replaced that with a circulating loop that's doing great. It's been in place for a yeah. really long time. I have in the uh, far end of the house um, two full baths and a half bath. And for some reason in the half bath, um, regularly the faucet aerator clogs with just fine grit or debris. Doesn't happen in the full bath, doesn't happen in the kitchen. Any thoughts about how I troubleshoot that to figure out where that grit is coming from and why it's accumulating just in that one half bath. Was that on the hot or the cold, or just, just coming out? It's, uh, have not determined I don't know the cold. answer, because uh, it um, it accumulates, um, and um, so uh, I just periodically, I'll go in there. We are, we never use it unless company is coming, and that's not been recently. Um, <clears throat> but then I'll turn it on just to wash out the sink, and it trickles if I take off the aerator and uh, clean out the grit, then it's back to normal. So I don't know whether well, it's coming from um, outside or cold side. Gotcha. Are you on city water or well? Uh, it's, uh, it's a city water. City water, okay. Well, I think what, what it is is sediment buildup in the water heater. Uh, that's the place where just think, water comes in and Built in the sediment just sets there, and then over time it breaks loose and goes to the fixtures as you use them. So you might it might be time for a new water heater. It might be time to put a uh, filter on that water heater or on that water line, or it may be just a lot of buildup in all your water lines. You really have to just dissect some lines to see what's going on. But more than likely, it's just sediment coming from the water heater. Uh, there. Are filters to put on the water heater? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's certain there's um, certain filters to put on the water heater to extend the life of the water heater. But um, and usually in most situations, if the water heater is over ten years, it's probably just best to go ahead and get rid of that because it just just it's, just think water goes into a tank and then and it usually have sand in it. It's just hard to get that sand out of that tank because it just sediment just falls to the bottom. And then yeah, you I, use I different pictures in the house. I think that was an probably, issue you know, open because and of the circulating loop that, that is con- constantly draining water out of the bottom of the tank, but sounds like maybe it could be. Yeah, well, that might help rinsing the bottom of the tank because we're rinsing out the water heater. Usually, usually that well, thank you. drain valve is not deep enough because it's usually about yeah. four to six inches higher than the bottom well, of the tank. 
So it's hard to get all that debris out. Skip, thank you very much. We're going to go to Rich in Garner. Hi, Rich. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. I've got two quick questions that I could, please. Yes. I don't know whether we'll fit them both in, but I'll put you on hold during the news. But go ahead. You're either, well, you're on with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radium Barrier and Dale Nichols of Pipe Techs. Two questions for Dale, please. Yeah, go uh, ahead. First one is I've, I've got a uh, tankless water heater. Um, and from time to time, after the kitchen water, the kitchen hot water is running for a while, it'll go cold for as long as two or three minutes. Is, would there be a reason for that? Um, is there any other pictures being used in the home? Or just no. That? No. And you're running, in a, and there's like a, um, time just goes down. I think maybe you might need to get your tank, your water heater flushed out, tankless unit, get it serviced, and um, there's certain, um, there's like, you know, we use a special cleaning agent to clean that tank out, and it may need to be serviced altogether because it's not running efficiently. Okay. And if I've got time, another... You do. Go ahead, Rich. Yes. Terrific. terrific. Thank you. Rick. If um, in that uh, same kitchen faucet, the run from the tankless hot water heater is really quite a distance. It used to have a water heater in the attic, and now it's being run from the crawl space. And I'd like to see what's the solution, instead of running up to two gallons of water... um, before it gets hot, um, how do I how do I have something that's maybe more local? Well, they make a little pump that goes under the sink called a demand pump. It's very it's, it's not very loud at all. Probably no bigger than half the size of a garbage disposal, and it's like we say it's a demand pump. You can set it on the timer, and it actually bring hot water to the farthest fixture. That way, you don't have to wait on hot water. And usually. Um, uh, a lot of folks put the tankers on the other end of the house or the water heater on the other end of the house. The far end of that ranch home you're talking about. And these demand pumps are right under sinks or under fixtures. Dale, I'm gonna or, uh, I'm gonna stop you mid Dale, I'm gonna stop you mid sentence because the news people want to do their thing. We're back in just a moment. This is making your home great. Um. Telephone number at uh, Making Your Home Great, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. Uh, Rick and Garner was getting some helpful advice just before the news from Dale Nichols of Pipetex Plumbing Technologies. Rick, are you still there? I sure am. Thank I've got, you. I've got really bad news for you. For some reason, we were disconnected with Dale, but that's all right. We're going to get him back. You don't happen to have an insulation question, do you? <laughs> no. I, I, I... No. Oh, he's got... Oh, he hung up. Oh, were... All right. That's all right. These things happen. Just um, just remember that this is 1800s technology. Brock Emmons is still with us. Please, Brock, tell me you're still there. I am still there. All right. 18, you 1890s technology. Um <laughs> Added to a radio station. Uh, the radio show is called Making Your Home Great. We're going to reconnect with Dale Nichols um, in just a moment. He's with Pipex. He was in the middle of a discussion of what to do when you've got a tankless water heater far away from where the water needs to be. And then there's uh, Brock Emmons is with us. He's from Triangle Radiant Barrier. 
I want I want to admit something that I have a long term plan with my home, Brock. And what's that? And yeah, well, I'm going to sell it to somebody because last time my neighbors are all selling out, and let me just tell you, they're doing okay. I want to make sure that there's absolute. I want an encapsulated crawl space. I guess is what I'm getting to. I don't even care whether I need it. I think well, these are neat. They are neat. They're they're a lot of fun. Now, why would I put an encapsulated crawl space other than the obvious real estate value, right? Uh, right. It, it does actually help to increase the value of the home because uh, per code, when you encapsulate a crawl space, that you you're, you need to condition that space. So yeah. It not only becomes a conditioned space, but the same thermal boundary as the rest of the house. So it definitely does add value. But to address your, your direct question, why would you want to encapsulate a crawl space? It, it has everything to do with being able to maintain relative humidity. Uh, unfortunately, as, as many people here in North Carolina know, we have a humidity issue, especially underneath the house. And if, if it gets too humid down there, it can cause uh, moisture problems, which are inevitably followed up by mold. Yeah. The reason you would encapsulate a crawl space is so you can control the humidity and the conditioning down in that space to help prevent mold growth. Now, a lot of people ask, well, why do I care about mold being underneath my house? And most of the time I have to explain to them, as per the U.S. Department of Energy, about half the air you breathe originates in your crawl space. So the healthier the environment we can make it underneath the house, the better environment we can make it inside the house. And anybody who's ever had to pay to remediate mold knows it is a very expensive undertaking. Yeah, so any you don't want it. that can be taken to prevent it, obviously, is, is going to benefit you long term. All right, we've got Dale back from Pipetex, and we're, we're picking up on Rick's call. Dale, could you tell me, please, whether you think you... You, well, solved his problem, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rick was talking about the tankless water heater too far away from where the water needs to be, and mm-hmm. you suggested what? A demand. That's D, and then M A N D pump system. Oh, it's, it doesn't have a D pump. at the end. It's demand. Yeah, demand. It's a pump system that goes under your under your sink. Yeah. Usually in the laboratory or in your kitchen, and you can it comes on and it actually pulls water to that fixture, and you don't have to wait on it. I don't think it makes any sense that for as long as we've been doing it, Dale, we heat water nowhere near the faucet and then pump it to the faucet. Doesn't make yep, any yep. sense. And, and all those you don't even go down the drain and actually dumps it into the cold side. You don't even lose that hot water, and it, it, it comes on when it. The um, when it actually pumps the water over to that fixture to 100 degrees, and then that pump comes on. It don't have to come on on anymore that day. It just draws that water to that fixture. Very cool. Telephone now, number Dale, here. Yeah, go ahead, Brock. Dale, I have a question for you. I am I am just about sick and tired of some of the leaky fixtures and faucets that I have here at my property. Mm-hmm. When you run into those type of things, do you find more often than not it's an issue with the fixture or faucet itself, or do do you normally run into problems with the the, the rubber and plastic components on the inside, like <clears throat> the seals or the O rings? 
Yeah, O-rings and seals and stuff like that. Uh, the chlorine in the water kind of dries that stuff, dries it out, and it started to deteriorate. Um, usually, you know, you just go in there and rebuild all that stuff. Delta, mowing, those things are easy to repair. Sometimes you get into the other types of faucets. It's just better to buy a new faucet. Um, as far as that's, you know, as far as fixtures go, just rebuilding a lot of that stuff is good, especially on the shower valves and kitchen sink faucets. Those are the, usually the biggest places where leaks are on faucets. Well, and, and someone told me that water pressure can actually be one of the causes of some of the corrosion in the pipes. Is that, is that true? Uh, um, you know, water pressure could be a problem because of shock. So usually we put a um, expansion tank on the where the water heater that will take the shock out of the line. That's very important. It is code. Um, those usually be need to be replaced at least every time you do a new water heater because they deteriorate. But uh, yeah, an expansion tank can help that. And just checking the pressure, make sure it's not over eighty psi. That the code is eighty psi. It should not exceed that. If it's eighty five or ninety. We need to adjust the pressure reducing valve and make sure it's lower and also make sure you have an expansion tank and uh, maybe rebuild all those fixtures or replace. Dale, how long have you been doing this? 30-some years. You, When you started plumbing, typically was it all metal everywhere? Yes, sir. A lot of metal. A lot of, lot of, a lot of stuff was washerless. It was kind of like you had a stem and your cartridge or... And it was metal, and it had a little O-ring rubber or a little flat washer, what we called. And that stuff just kind of just deteriorates with chlorination, with chlorine. And yeah. uh, everything now is kind of washerless, a lot of technical, just better. But um, things still get worn from turning off and on a lot, you know. And in a lot of fixtures in new homes, do we run metal pipes? Yeah, no, no in, in new homes, we're running packs and EPs. In copper, which I still like copper, but um, uh, you know, there's hard water in different communities. It could be in the city water. It depends on what's going down, you know, in the pipes, in the in the city water and stuff like that. Is, is a, there's still issues there? I mean, it's good water, but if it goes through the pipe so many years and what's going on in, in the line, that sediment just goes right into the home, goes right into the water heater, especially on the hot side, then eventually goes to the fixtures. And that sediment actually can get in there where the stems and cartridges are and just kind of uh, wear out those, um, actually, those parts. You know what I mean? All right. Dale Nichols of Pipetex Plumbing Technologies. How are you dealing with the current situation about uh, social distancing? Have you, you you've been training your people to stay away from their customers? Yes, we have. We've been talking about that. And it kind of, they, they're everybody kind of up on the news. Yeah. But we actually work, all our staff at, in our office work remotely at home, and our guys are, they all have masks. They all yep. have, um, we actually went to Mystic Distillery and got a whole five-gallon drum uh, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, <laughs> soap there. Yeah, you have to, fi- Dale, you have to finish, you have to finish that sentence. He got a five-gallon container of disinfectant. Of, dis- of alcohol. So, yes, <laughs> very good. Who is this company that did that again? Their truck. 
and they have gloves. Everybody's always issued gloves. They Excellent. all have gloves. They use them religiously. Let's give a shout out to that distillery again. Who are they again? Mystic out of Durham. Mystic Distillery. Mystic, yeah, Distillery. They um, it's a pretty popular place. <laughs> yeah, well, they, more they, popular now. They yeah. make good bourbons and whiskey. Excellent. Well, you know, if you're going to go there anyway, Dale, if you're going to go there anyway to buy something, you're taking out your credit card anyway, might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dale, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm going to let you go now. Dale Nichols of Pipetex Plumbing Technologies. If you need to contact them, their website is their company name, pipetexplumbing.com. Telephone number 919-293-1221. Put it down on a piece of paper and just in case you need them. It's one of those things where you, you, you'll you need them in the middle of the night and you can call them. It's all right. Brock Emmons is still here. Brock from Triangle Radiant Barrier. You got three different ways to encapsulate my crawl space. Am I correct? That is true. Yes, we can use a radiant barrier product, which is uh, referred to as crawl barrier, right? Uh, on all the exterior walls, we can use a, a closed cell foam spray foam, or we can even do uh, what is referred to as a Boracare uh, rigid foam board. Uh, they're all priced differently, you know. Uh, the, so depending on the layout of the crawl space, we might have a very cheap uh, option, cost-wise cheap. Right, right, right. In there. Uh, uh, to, to get it sealed up all the way up to what we call the Cadillac, which is the, the Bora foam termite-treated foam board. Uh, so we have a lot of different options. Wonderful. What else should I consider? Because, you know, in the next five years, I'm selling my home. I'm right. moving to moving to somewhere smaller, uh, somewhere with uh, w- with a better, uh, better view. And, you know... Um, and I'm I'm curious about what else, what other services would, should I look at? Um, you're, well, if you are, you trying to increase value? Yes, I am. Thank you, you very are. much. Okay, so if increasing the value of the property, one of the best uh, best ways to do that is to do something that has a transferable warranty. Ooh, okay. What we've noticed is, uh, for example. If we were to come in and blow in insulation in your attic, yeah, you know, there's a of course there's a warranty on the material that we blew in, but there's no transferable warranty. Now, if you do a spray foam or a radiant barrier, we offer lifetime transferable warranties. So, being able to tell the buyer, listen, you're not only getting a great house, but here is a lifetime warranty on your insulation or on your crawl space, yeah, uh, that that really uh, turns the tables in your favor. I like it. All right, thanks a lot, Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier nine one nine nine eight six eight eight zero eight is the number for Triangle Radiant Barrier or the website triangleradiantbarrier.com. Thank you, Brock. This is making your home great. On uh, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Keith Ramsey of Garden Supply Company. A conversation we had uh, a couple of weeks ago about what you may be doing outside your home this weekend. 
Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Keith Ramsey from Garden Supply Company in the studios, and we we're talking about tomatoes. Once we can see a long-range forecast that that doesn't look like frost, we'll start bringing tomatoes in. And um, last weekend, we sold about a month's worth of tomatoes. Wow. Um, people are planting gardens like crazy. You know, and um, you can plant them in a five-gallon bucket. You can. That's right. Yep. And if you get frost expected, yeah, you, you can, can bring move it in. them around. Yeah, or, put it in the garage. Or plant them in the ground and use your five-gallon bucket as a greenhouse overnight. You oh. can just turn the, turn the bucket upside down over there the plant. Very nice. You know what I saw once was, uh, this is up in Yankee land, uh, th- they had these water-filled Oh yeah, wall of, wall of water. Is that what it is? Yeah. Wall of water, yeah. and it, and you'd put it around the plant, and then you'd fill the containers with water. Yep, and it was supposed to keep it from. Yeah, so frost. it warms warms up the water during the day, and it also reflects the You know, it, it, it reflects the light onto the plant, so it gives you a, a lot stronger. Photosynthesis, I think, that's yeah. what they do call not, that. <laughs> do not wait for April fifteenth. I don't think I'd wait this year. We've sold literally, we sold a month's worth of tomatoes in in two days. And uh, got a huge order in this week. Um, everybody's planting veggie gardens. That is a good idea. Well, now I want one. I feel hey. like I'm, I'm left out. I need a veggie garden. Mm. All right. Now, here's the deal. Again, I neglect the garden. But I want to start right. Mm-hmm. Should I spray, because it's going to be where my lawn is right now, sure. where the grass yep. is. Should I go ahead and spray to kill the grass and weeds yep. in that area? Then follow it up in a couple of weeks with mulching yep. and the planting. Am I correct yep. on the process that's, that's here? That's exactly it. Okay. Yep, kill the grass kill the grass, or cover the grass up with paper and then put good soil on top of it. All right. Now, for somebody who doesn't like weeding, yep. and I'm raising my hand here, that's me, <laughs> yeah. will mulch. Yeah, mulch. So leaf, leaf, leaf compost or, or leaf mulch. Yeah. Um, uh, wheat straw does a really, really good job of keeping keeping um, weeds out of a out of a veggie garden. Oh, it does. And then you know, if you've got fruits, you know, if you've got things like um, cucumbers or or melons or that kind of thing, they're sitting on the wheat straw instead of sitting in the dirt. Oh, so that that yeah. makes it that makes it a little cleaner and neater. And they, and they, I don't. It, there's it's something about the straw itself that it actually prevents weeds from germinating in it. That's neat. I had a, a a zucchini garden once. Yep. And you know, you don't lift up those those leaves all the time. They grow to mammoth proportions. <laughs> they it was, do. It was like a baseball bat. Yeah, I yeah. saw a uh, picture online last year that uh, it, it was a it was a guy with a shotgun <laughs> down on one knee. His cat was sitting next to him, and, and he had he had twenty zucchinis in front of him, and it said first day of zucchini season. <laughs> I always always talk about the zucchini solstice. Zucchini solstice is the moment somewhere late August where every man, woman, and child in America owns a zucchini. Zucchini, absolutely. They all got one. Yep. Let me ask you something, Keith. I, I do not know much about gardening, and this is something that I would love to take up down the road. How important is it for me to, to get a consult, to actually have somebody come out and try to teach me so I don't screw up my yard? Yeah, I think it's it's really important with plants. It's, you can, you can, there's lots of plants that I think are amazing plants, that I would, but I wouldn't buy one, but one of them and yeah. have them in my yard. They're just not that dependable. Um, so, you know, getting the right plant for the right place and then, and then knowing something's going to, it's really going to work and it's going to hold up is, is important. So getting that, that information up front is going to save you a lot of time and money. 
Um, and then, you know, the, landscaping is a, it's a science and it's, and it's design and science combined. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have a good design, it's just not going it, to, it's just not going to show. Um, so we do both, um, consultations at people's houses. You can go on the website and look up, you know, look up, um, we've got profiles on the, on our different designers and then, and then their schedule and you can go ahead and schedule a landscape consult there. Yeah. Wow. Um, basically we spend an hour on, on site at your house. Um, and then, you know, looking at the site, taking pictures, doing measurements, um, coming up with ideas, talking about what your, your wants are. And then we'll, we'll meet at the garden center later on and look at different types of plants because, you know, five, five really great plants for any given situation. Um, you know, you point at the first one, love it or hate it, you know, yeah. and, and you can work through, you know, and then find good combinations where you get different textures and, and, and different colors of plants that are so that they're, they, well, you said five plants. Okay, so answer me a question. Does that mean I'm going to have to show up in a flatbed truck to get this back to my house, or do you guys do any delivery? So we we can we can either deliver or install pretty much anything we sell. So. Oh, install! I love that. Yep. So they can put it in for me. I can <laughs> yes. sit up on the patio and cheer them on. Exactly. I love it. That's we can we can send you. We can tag a tree for you, and then we can send you home with a with a flag, and you put that flag in the ground, and when you come home from work, you know it's there. A week later, there's a tree there. Perfect. Uh, I like it. Now, is it a good season now, or a good time of year to put a tree in the ground? Yep. I was always told no because it's too hot. No, now's now's a good time. It's, yeah, yeah. You can plant twelve months out of the year in North Carolina. Um, you know, as you get into the, the the tail end of May, it starts getting a little on the warm side for putting stuff in. But if you're if you're able to water um, every, you know, check it once a week. But if you're able to, able to water yeah. several times a month, I mean, I've I do I've done a lot of planting in late June, which is I would say notably the worst time of the year to put stuff in, and had great success. It's just having the time and knowing you know you need you're going to need to water. I like it. I, I wonder, of course, what are those plants that I should just stay away from? You know, that, there's not really that many that you should stay away from. It's you know things like Daphne. There's a you know it's an extremely fragrant plant in the middle of winter time. Yeah. But it's a difficult plant to you know if I if I sent you home with three of them to plant in a group, one of them would die. Mm. You know they're guaranteed, but but one of them would die. Um, okay. So it's you know it's just knowing you only want to put one of those in. You put one one in one section of the yard and one in another, and and you know more than likely you'll have success with them. But you start trying to match them up or put them in a group, it's not going to work out. See? I don't know. You, I wouldn't you, have known that. Will you kill? So one would one would die and the two others would survive. You're putting a lot on me. You're <laughs> right. assuming that I would actually be able to keep the other two. Oh, you'd have it alive. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, All right. Yeah. You you've got on your website beekeeping. Yep. We do a lot of uh, we do all kinds of bee supplies. Yeah. Um we uh, we we've got all the bee boxes. We we sell bees in packages, um nucleus hives. Um we go out and catch swarms. I've caught two swarms today. Uh, really? Yeah. So, you know, bees swarm this time of year and and um you know, it's it's we're always trying to catch them before somebody sprays them, or but it'll it'll be a basketball size ball of bees in a tree, and you go out, we go out and, and put them back into a box and take them with us. I yeah. will admit, as soon as he said that, I yeah, looked yeah, at yeah. his hands and arms to see if he had gotten stung today, and it looks like did uh, you? looks like he did yeah, a little bit, he did. yeah, twenty or thirty times, twenty or thirty times. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing: 
We there has been stuff uh, in the news that bees are bees dying are, off. Yeah, bees are struggling. Um, mosquito spray, poor water quality. There's a number of different things, but um, there's a mite that has has wreaked havoc on uh, an insect that's wreaking havoc on bees. Um, and so it's important. That, that there aren't many feral bees out in the you know living in the wild anymore. So it's it, they're better off to be managed in a in a in a colony in somebody's somebody's house so you know you'll see them on a fence post you'll see them in the tree and and we always just recommend that people either call us or call a local bee bee association there's lots of different bee groups out there that so somebody can go out there and pick them up and and find them a, a good home well, and the monthly newsletter, you have a, a monthly newsletter, it looks like you guys do each month, with, with just some great information in there. Uh, I, to our listening base, we guys, we highly recommend you go visit their website at gardensupplyco.com. There's so much good information on here, including recorded podcast with uh, Keith Ramsey. So uh, please go visit his website at gardensupplyco.com. We didn't need to have him here at all. We could have just run the podcast. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> we could have said, you could have been going off on a bee call or something. That's, that's you know. right. I could have finished catching that last swarm. How did you get in this? Into gardening? Yeah. So it was a high school job, and, and it's, I decided that's what I wanted to do, and, and uh, I was one of those oddities that actually knew what I wanted to do early on, and yeah, my parents tried to talk me out of it, and, and I ended up going to school for, for landscape design. If you've got more questions about gardening, dial this number to talk to Keith Ramsey or anyone at Garden Supply Company, 919-460-7747. Next week, it's going to be Brian Fitch from, or, sorry, Brian Finch from Finch Painting. That's on Making Your Home Great. Tell your neighbors we're on the radio every Saturday at 2 on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF.